position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which Everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales. But if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will thrive. And you will be my work. Gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode 222 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, uh, being recorded for you on this Saturday, the 25th of February, 2017, so 2017-02-25 at 16.39pm, uh, 6.39pm Pacific Coast Time, for those who are not down with a 24-hour sickness, uh, it's me, you, the listener, and... Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth who says hello and wishes to let you know that he's been fired. Yes, that's right, Ivor. Ah, cheers. Uh, oh, he's holding up the whiskey sign, so let's have some whiskey. I'll get you a drink. Yes, oh boy, you're gonna get me a drink. We have a huge amount of shit there. Shit, shit there. Shit for you this week. Um, hi there. For real, hi, hi there. Um, hey, you know, uh, I think this is porn. We're breaking the format this week. We have two features this week. We're not doing any new and noteworthies. We're not doing a, a deal section. Um, although, right now, for the next 40 hours, allegedly, you can get uh, Rogue Legacy uh, for 80% off at $2.49. Let's make it... You're right, Ivor. You're right. You're fired again. Second time this episode. Ivor's pounding the whiskey sign. So, let's have some whiskey here. Cheers. Mm. 
Oh my goodness. Need some fuel for this for this uh feature apocalypse. Okay, so let's just get straight to our top stories, shall we? Um that'll that'll probably be best. Uh we'll give you the right now with what the fuck is going on this week. So first of all, uh in our best Linux games, the column for this week, um we have Zengeki Warp. It's a column all about uh Astroport's latest games and Geki Warp, which is their finest to date, in my humble opinion. It's like R-Type with the ability to warp, but it's also much more than that, and the column, I think, talks reasonably uh, intelligently about why this isn't just another two-dimensional side-scrolling space shooter from the guys who make the two-dimensional side-scrolling space shooters for Linux. So check out, you can go to www.com www.bestlinuxgames.com and click on the link up top for the column. Other thing about the column this week, there is another column that is not a column this week, but it is posted as a column so it can be found in the column section for one of our features that's on uh, PCSX2, the PlayStation 2 emulator, which is our first feature that we'll be getting to in a moment. Our second feature and the big news of the week, of course, is our real legit we've gone some time to play Hitman on Linux we'll give you the full rundown the full histrionic hysterical rundown it's a great game, we really like it I really like it, Ivor doesn't like it so much but Ivor doesn't work here anymore so that's okay, Ivor, you're fired that's like what, five times already? alright, we're we're firing Ivor we're firing Ivor I think this is porn! yes, I do think this is porn I think, yeah I you know what just I've always fucking with me here I I I I don't I I I I really I don't I I don't uh, I don't I don't I don't like it Ivor this week I don't like it I'm not that into it yeah it's like the Trump administration yeah it's like you know BDSM fantasy that you know goes all fucking pear shaped so once again Ivor you're fired oh keep fucking I will keep fucking saying that to you you motherfucker don't you fucking look at me don't you look at me bitch okay so also finally in our top story so we've got our oh yeah we got our column out of the way we have uh, we, we described our two features for you. We're not having our new and noteworthy. We're not having um, our deal section this week. We because these it's two fucking features. It's a big big fucking show. Um, so fucking why why don't you appreciate me more? Why don't you come be fuck you all, motherfucker? Congratulations! This is the darkest sketch in television history. It's not television, Ivor. It's radio. You don't even know what medium you're working in. You don't know red from hell. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Oh my god! This is what it feels like. Okay, so, 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 so. Hey, check out this game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Ivor. Thank you for getting me back on track. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's that's. Focus. Focus. Okay. So we have we have our column on Zegeki Warp. Our two features. First, PCSX2. We're gonna teach you. We're gonna not just teach you. We're just gonna give you like a big thumbnail sketch of the glory that is emulating your old PlayStation Two games in Linux like a boss um 
and then we're going to talk all about Hitman. Finally, in our top stories, uh, I have to say, I shit my pants this week, again, and not just because, and not without reason this time. Um, it was... Oh, why are you playing? I wore you bastard. Why is he doing <laughs> that, that? That's. Uh, he took a. <laughs> he saved the day. Uh, we lost that game, too. Anyway, you're making me sad, man. I hate you. You fucker. I like you. Uh, what, it's great, Ivor. Just freaking. You're fired. Just go home, okay? Just go home. I'll do it myself. And finally, I shit my pants this week because I, uh, Feral Interactive tweeted something, and I re- I replied to their tweet, just like saying, you know, Farrell, I, 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 I love you, man. I, I like you. I like you. I like you, Farrell. I'm gonna hurt you. <laughs> oh, you can't play that. I'm gonna hurt you. Oh, there we go. Anyway, and they replied to me, and it was crazy difficult. I spent like an hour. I was super drunk. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning. I spent an hour crafting 128 character, whatever, how many characters the tweet is. Um, to talk to Feral Interactive and they replied to me and not only did they reply to me this actually is relevant to you, the listener um, they replied to me, giving me a heads up that and sure enough, I found it on the Steam store today Dirt Rally D-I-R-T R-A-L-L-Y which is widely regarded as being the best modern rally sport type off-road racing game available and I can it's funny because Joe Jokimon Kendall the night before Feral Interactive and I were talking <laughs> we were talking they replied to my tweet and I shit my pants so there you go um, Joe Jokimon Kendall and I were talking about uh, great rally games and great racing games and one of them was for the PlayStation 2 and the, the better one but from a different generation was for the Xbox 360 and it was um, I think it was called Microsoft Rally and that was a fabulous game um, Dirt Rally is coming to Linux this week. Uh, or actually, they, they said it was coming to Linux this week, but it's actually the Steam Store page says March 2nd. So, oh my God, you, I cannot tell you how excited I am for that. I mean, Matt exactly, Ivor, exactly. You're fired again. Um, so. With your mom or your if, fuck you, are So, Dirt Rally, which is widely regarded as being the best, um, mo- you know, modern rally game ever. Um, you know, the last great rally game was for the Xbox 360, and it was one of the first generation rally, first generation games for the Xbox 360. So, blah, and you know, rally games are difficult and one of the reasons why they're so hard even though like the actual um, physics problems are no longer that difficult to challenge, no longer that difficult a challenge to tackle from a game design perspective anymore due to the um, the, there's the, the sheer processing power of the hardware these days, they're still difficult to make because if you get the physics right, it doesn't matter if it doesn't feel right or doesn't play right so Dirt Rally, I'm very excited about. So, anyway, yeah, that's 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 all I got. So, I ever want you hit him with the features? Mama-leka. Oh, fuck you too. You're fired again. Five, that's it. That's it. That's it. I quit. Ivor's running the show now. Ivor, why? Why need? Yeah, here, here's the mic. 
He's like, shove it up your ugly ass. That's right, you heard me. Shove it up your fuck you, Baltimore. Hit him with it. Who do you think? Oh my god, it's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. Miss Meek's teacher, I can't read you. I can't read you, I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Libyans! So that brings us to our first feature this week. Um, before we get to Hitman, I know that's going to be the bulk of the episode. Uh, but yeah, uh, rib for my pleasure, Ivor Molina, who's now about to be fired for the, what is this, third time today? I don't know. Second, third, who knows? We're going to set a record for firing Ivor here today. Rib for my fucking pleasure. We're doing this out of order. Um, before we get to our Hitman feature, I cannot do this week without telling you about and doing a feature on the best emulation experience out of okay so I've been the best emulation experience I have maybe ever had across any system any era etc um and it's a system that everyone loves it's PlayStation 2 which we'll talk a little bit more about in a moment but uh it's just gonna we're trying to try to keep this quick um and if you get lost or anything, or if you want to, like, uh, get the specifics on any of the um, steps I'm about to outline or whatever, um, this is, like, one part how-to, one part, oh my god, this just needs to be featured. Um, we have another column this week that has, it's the PCSX2 um, resources links uh, column, www.bestlinuxgames.com. Uh, click on the Best Linux Games column link at the top, and you can see a nice little um, breakdown of all the stuff we're about to talk about. As my phone fucking rings, who knows? Okay, so, PlayStation 2. I never thought, well, not never, but I thought that it was gonna take, like, I'd be, like, 50 years old. So, like, I'm almost there. Um, before that, before we would ever be able to emulate PlayStation 2 games, uh, and I thought that it would probably take until I was 80 years old and long dead before we'd ever be able to do it on Linux. Well, let's have some whiskey here. Cheers, Ivor. Mm. This week, I got a little bug up my ass trying to... I was really drunk and I was like, oh god, Gradius 5, still being tormented by all the episodes where, like, even just you know, like a month ago or whatever, right, Ivor? About a month ago or whatever, I got tortured once again by, what the fuck was Vic Viper's ship's number? Oh my god, you know, blah, 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 I can't trust anyone. Um, and I busted out my old copy of Gradius 5 for PlayStation 2, which is a sad story, because PlayStation 2, if you owned one, and I owned one from the very beginning um, all the way through to the, you know, basically the very end, but I couldn't play any of the games that came out towards the very end, by virtue of the fact that I'd replaced the laser five times in my PlayStation 2, each time costing $250. Now, the PlayStation 2 lasted for a huge amount of time in terms of next-generation console um, history, just a huge number of years. And hundreds and hundreds of games came out for it. In fact, uh, JoJo, Kimon, Kendall, and I were reminiscing a couple nights ago, and we literally went through it. Like, I mean, you would never believe that um, Metal Gear Solid Sons of Liberty... And the loathsome but 
uh, visually spectacular, seemingly next next generation in my memory. It seems like it came out for like you know Xbox 360 or Xbox One or something, but no, it came out for the PC, PlayStation Two, PS Two, um, Metal Gear Solid Three, Snake Eater. It came out years later. Blah. How about this? Uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, Three, the first. 3D iteration of Grand Theft Auto came out for PlayStation 2. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas came out for PlayStation 2, the sequel to 3. And Grand Theft Auto Vice City, the sequel to San Andreas, which is not as good as San Andreas in my humble opinion, but whatever, also came out for PlayStation 2. All of these games and many, 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 many more that you have moldering in your collection, all of which, in my case very much scratched up by virtue of the disc read errors um, from the faulty lasers that they sh- that they kept putting in PlayStation 2s and after five fucking laser replacements over the course of like, I don't know, like almost a decade, I just gave up on it um, you know, like I-, I never got to play God of War 2, a game that I bought um, because my laser died again my laser was dying at the end of my and like I own two different PlayStation 2s. I had five different laser replacements, each at 250 bucks a pop. Because um, all of them happened immediately after the warranty expired. Mm. Or I never got a warranty, or I got one from Costco. I can't remember, but I, I had two different PlayStation 2s. I had to pay 250 bucks five times for replacement lasers. But it was where the games were. So I really wanted to go and find out for myself just to verify if Gradius 5, Vic Viper, if his ship number was I I thought it was T3109 it's actually T301 but anyway in order to find this out couldn't boot up my old copy of Gradius 5 because I don't have a Playstation 2 anymore at least not one with a working laser and the disc is so scratched up but I you know looked in the manual and everything it's not in the manual I'm not going to trust someone else's YouTube video again for this, because it's only it's mentioned in the, anyway it's mentioned in the game so I was like, okay, what are the odds that maybe by now we have figured out a way to emulate PlayStation 2 games so I, I did a little digging and holy shit the name of the program that you want there is an emulator, and it's great on Linux, for PlayStation 2 it's called PCSX2 now I'm going to walk you through through uh, setting it up you can do this on Ubuntu based machines like Mint machines or um, Ubuntu you know blah anything with a PPA that's fine there's also a GitHub page for it if you run Arch there's a specific Arch and I'm sure it's uh, a specific Arch configuration page and stuff but it's not that difficult if you've ever set up anything from the AUR then you know you're going to be fine I mean it's pretty much brainlessly stupid how easy this is Um, and I'm just going to tell you that like I could not fucking believe it when it only took me 30 minutes of looking you know bam okay so I found PCSX2 then I found a place for the for um the ISO for Gradius 5 then um I found that you need a BIOS for PlayStation which we'll talk about in a moment I'm gonna walk you through all this I didn't exactly do it in the right order um but I, I got I got the PPA for uh PCSX2. Um, so that was a breeze. And, you know, pseudo app get upgrade, pseudo app get update 
you know, the repository, I am blah, 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 VP, I've got an update over blah, blah, it's all PCS. Bam, that's done. Then I found out I needed a BIOS, so I went and downloaded uh, a BIOS set, has all the BIOS sets. Um, it's a great link for you. You don't need to worry about trying to boot up your old non-functional PS2 to rip out the BIOS and firmware from it uh, manually or anything like that. No, there are BIOS sets out there. Um, well, there's a link in the thing that'll blah. Then when you start up PCSX2 by just going to, you know, menu, whatever your start menu thing is, or you can just Alt F2 if you're on Ubuntu. I, I didn't actually set it up for Arch because, um, I didn't need to because, like, my system right now, I'm running Mint 18. But, you know, Alt F2, you know, start up PCSX2 however you want. It'll ask you for the BIOS. You send it to, you point it to the directory of where you got the BIOS zip, and then it'll have, like, um, the actual images. You have to extract the BIOS zip, I think, but it doesn't matter. Um, point is, you don't even really need to know where PCSX2 gets installed. Um, you, you know, it's not going to be, like, you're not going to have to, co- it's not like adding a plug-in to something, like, where you have to look, you know, like, you know, either from the command line, you know, like, where is PCSX2, or, like, user bin, uh, PCSX2, or is it user lib share, or is it user share, you know, blah, 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 you're not, you're not going to have to worry about any of that, it's not confusing, PCSX2 will prompt you for it, you, you pick, you know, USA BIOS, which is what I used to have, um, then you go and get your game, extract your game, which is also super simple, you're going to love it, and I recommend... Don't don't even fuck with your old games. I mean, leave them in the box. Just go download the images. Um, it's it's a much better experience than even fucking thinking about dealing with your old scratched up fucking dusty ass games. Because, in all honesty, unless you're into um, really fucking around, unless you're into the technical aspects of this and not into the gaming aspects of it. Then just go download the download the ISO. It's so much easier, and it's um, and it gives you ultimately an experience that is commensurate, at least from a quality perspective and a play mechanics perspective and everything, with what you remember it being as. Because I shit my pants when I boot up Gradius Five, but bam, there it is. And I I even bumped it up to uh, 1920 by 1080. Um, You can see a video of this, by the way, in our links. Um, It's a quick video. Uh, It's also on Best Links Games Podcast, but it's in the the PCSX thing. So anyway, first place you want to go to is pcsx2.net And then there's a... On the download page, there's a link uh, to install via PPA. Um, If you're into... If you if you run an Arch system, go look at the uh, the the column you know uh, notes for this for this the PCS PCSX two thing and there's links for the Arch stuff. But if you run Arch, then I assume that you can find you know PCSX two. So you know install from your PPA. Um, blah blah blah. Ultimately, another cool thing about PCS. PCSX2.net is they have a great wiki on on there and the wiki is especially useful in that they have a list of playable games and this list of playable games are the games A to Z that they have got running with PCSX2 
along with any workarounds or fixes that you know have been aleatory or whatever have been hard to track down um so that if you have like a but the cool thing is basically these games are you know not guaranteed there's no such thing as a guarantee but the images for these games you're able to play from the very beginning of the game all the way through to the very end of the game without any catastrophic crashes or anything. So you can like basically rely on it. And then there's a whole crowdsourced um, list of workarounds and solutions to common errors. Like in Burnout 3, there's a sky ripping problem that's a minor problem, blah, blah, blah. And yes, we are talking about full 3D accelerated games. Now, of course, I'm running this on a Mint 18 system with an i7. Um, with uh, with mobile video cards and etc. It's a very, very high-powered system. It's, you know, we're very proud of it here. It's tremendous. Uh, oh, God, I, I swear to God I wasn't really going to bring Trump up. Anyway, it's huge. But even on lower systems, depending on what game you want to run, uh, the 3D acceleration, I mean, it is arcade perfect. It looks just like the o- original game. So anyway, the wiki on PCSX2 the playable games wiki, which is a huge selection of playable games, um, will give you a good idea of what's out there that you know you're gonna want. Because when when you want to sit down and play one of these old games, a lot of these games were meant to be played for you know 150 hours or endlessly. Um, they were great fucking games. There's a different era of game design. Mm. Gradius Five, case in point. So you're gonna want, um, you know, you're gonna want to find the the games that you want to play that have really good images for them that work really well with PCSX too. Then, you're going to want to go to uh, the link in the the column for this segment um, that, that sends you to where you can get a big BIOS uh, set for the firmware for the P- PlayStation 2. Then you're going to open up PSX2, PCSX2, um, and it's it's super simple, it's going to ask you where you know your BIOS is, and you just go and, and, and point it to that um, and then you're going to be able to boot, even without having any ISOs for any games or anything you're going to be able to boot your virtual machine from within PCSX2 um, which has persistence because it, it's just a virtual machine that runs PlayStation 2 firmware, more or less. So you have to set up the your new PlayStation 2, which doesn't have a laser that can fucking crap out on you. Um, which is fucking rad! You have to set it up with your time zone and stuff. There's support for memory cards and stuff. The other, only two other things that you need to do before, uh, and I'm, I'm going to tell you where to get your ROM, your not ROMs, your ISOs, um, so you don't have to fucking deal with your old copies of your games, um, which are now like 14 years old, it's fucking crazy um 15 years old in the case of Gradius, it's 13 years old Gradius came out, Gradius 5 came out 2004, anyway, before you do that there's two other things that you should configure um, and these are all in the, uh, let me open up PCSX2 oh well, it won't open by Alt F2, but if I click on my mint start menu, I just have to type in PCSX PCS, and then there we go. Okay, so bam, it's up. Um, you want to click on config, and then you want to configure your video uh, underneath the config menu in the drop down. You want to click on Windows settings, and then you want to change that to like your monitor resolution. So I have mine at 1920 by 1080, and it automatically 
resize that down because it has fit window to screen. So, uh, yeah, so it's uh, 1918 by 10 by 1029. Um, that's cool. It's going to be fine. And zoom at 100%. Dip, your mileage may vary. You may need to tweak your settings per game. But so far, I haven't had to do that. And I ran Samurai Warriors uh, pursuant to uh, Jeff Jeffy Wise's uh, request. Um, that runs great. Gradius 5 runs great, uh, etc. The other thing you, you're going to need to configure before you uh, uh, hook it up with the game is uh, you go to the same config menu and then go to controllers, pad, plugin settings. This is the easiest to set up controller setup ever because you may not even remember what your fucking uh, PS2 controller looked like. The buttons are arranged in the diagram um, the way that they used to be on the PlayStation 2. So you just click each button and then you click the button that corresponds on your current controller to that. I have a Logitech um, whatever. Uh, it's like a generic you know, it's got uh, two shoulder, four shoulder buttons, start, back, um, a D-pad, two thumbsticks, Y, X, A, and B buttons. Works great. Gradius 5 works great. Um, it'll take you exactly 30 seconds to set up. Then, you're going to want to go to your favorite search engine. Um, works great for DuckDuckGo or for Google, whatever. In the search box, type in um, EMU uh, Paradise P-A-R-A-D-I-S-E I think colon space PS2 and then whatever the title of the game that you want is. What this will do is it'll take you the results, the top of the results. Generally, if if there's a if there's an ISO for that, it'll take you directly to that ISO's page on Emmy Paradise, which is great place for uh, retro games. It's awesome. They make it so that you don't have to fucking deal with all your old copies of games. It's fucking rad. Um, and I downloaded a couple of my old games from there. It's totally. You know, the, the worst thing that they'll ever ask you to do is enter a CAPTCHA. Um, and they have a great CAPTCHA system that just gives you, like, the actual text phrase in almost plain text at the bottom. But it's like, you know, I don't, I don't even know how it works. But, like, you just have to type that in once. And it's good to go. Then you follow the download links. Um, and it's not a huge chain of download links. It doesn't fucking have spyware. They don't, you know, blah, they don't yell at you. I... I'm seriously thinking about uh, maybe uh, becoming a sponsor uh, or not a sponsor, but about getting a membership from them because it's only $2.49 a month and it's a lot of bandwidth because um, like uh, God of War was like 7 gigabytes but anyway, you just click on the link it'll scroll down to like download link thing, you click on that link it'll open like a new page in the same browser tab same window, it doesn't give you pop-ups or anything like that mm. and it'll say your download link is you know being prepared, your download's being prepared scroll, and if you read closely it says scroll down to blah, then you scroll down a little bit and there's another link just looks like a hypertext link, click on that and bam, through your browser, it'll connect you to whatever um, mirror they have active and your download will begin right through your browser then you might have to extract it after it's all said and done. Be patient when you're extracting these 
these images. Also make sure that when you are done extracting it, that if it's like a multi-part rare, that you extract that further. Then put those in, you know, some centralized directory where you're going to keep your the ISOs for all your old games. And uh, then in PCSX2, you click on CD, DVD at the top of the menu, and it has a little ISO selector. It'll let you browse. It'll also let you go back um, to recently played games. Now, one cool, one really cool thing before I let you go about PCSX2. By the way, this is the finest, most seamless, most polished emulator experience. I go back 20 years now, almost, in terms of Linux. I go back a little bit longer than that um, in terms of emulation. I go back um, to the early days of MAME on Windows. Um, and about eight years ago, I got really back into emulation again with the MAME ROM review um, and, and other stuff. And I, I, I want to write a uh, front end for Linux that ultimately attract mode and walkade and a bunch of other um, things that filled the void in that, in that project uh, over the last three years while I've been working on other shit. Um, but anyway... I've never had such a seamless, easy-to-use, fantastically arcade-perfect, out-of-the-box experience as PCSX2 on Linux. And I think you will, too. I started off with Gradius 5, and it... I mean, I jumped... I was jumping up and down. But anyway, two cool things that are neat about PCSX2 that, you know, I've discovered. I, I haven't spent, you know, huge amounts of time with it, but if you go to the system menu at the top of P- the 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 um the window, you can boot a CD from full, you can boot a CD DVD from fast. Uh Underneath that though, it says load state and save state. Your save and load states are the state of the VM. F1 will save a state. I can't get to use the hotkey to load a state, but when you're in a game, if you, and you can do cheats and stuff like that, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's also support for memory card virtualization. Um, all sorts of, you know, all, it's, it's really robust. But the coolest thing are the save states because you can save if you want to, like, if you're in the middle of like a boss fight in Gradius, and I'm going to assume that no one here is cheating or wants to do like a speedrun video or anything of, you know, Crash Bandicoot or, you know, whatever. Um, if you want to, but like, let's say, oh shit, you know, my boss is calling on the other line and you're in the middle of this boss encounter. Well, this is a boss encounter all of a sudden and you don't want to lose like, because you're doing really great, but you don't want to turn everything off. Well, you just save the state you can shut everything down and just fucking next time you open PCSX2, just load that slot for that save state and bam, you're right back there. It is fucking rad. Works seamlessly on Gradius 5. Haven't tried it out on everything. Your mileage may vary. Um, some games that I recommend that you might want to revisit um, that are some of my favorites from, and this is just, I am totally do not plan to mention this, so I'm just going off the top of my head, are, of course, Burnout 3 Takedown. I don't know if it's if it runs great, but God of War, God of War 2, um, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Prince of Persia, Warrior Within, which is in my top five greatest games of all time. Um, 
Hitman 2, speaking of our feature that's gonna, our second feature that's coming right up right after this, Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, Hitman Contracts, Hitman Blood Money, um, what are some other great ones that you might want to revisit? Um, you know, and I, it was crazy because I went back and I, I, um, I have Gradius 5 in my media console, but like where I have all my old console games that's mounted to my wall next to my TV, even though I don't console game anymore, but I still have three boxes of next-gen system console, next-gen system discs in my garage, went rooting through some of those, and I was just amazed how many awesome games, Devil May Cry uh, 1, Devil May Cry 3, um, you know, Sons of Liberty, Metal Gear Solid Sons of Liberty, uh, just seriously, hundreds of games for PlayStation 2 that were fabulous, that you played the living shit out of, that you've forgotten were actually on PlayStation 2 can now be emulated fantastically. PCSX 2. Check it out. That's all I gotta say. And check out the video if you want to see, like, a total fucking nerd just go berserk. Um, And it's Vic Viper, T301. Become unstuck in time, motherfucker! And this will help you totally get unstuck in time. And of course, we could do a whole other episode on emulator, on emulation, emulation, emulator front ends and uh, ROM sets and stuff, but uh, I don't do the main ROM review anymore, and Steam keeps me busy enough as it is. So, check out PCSX2, the PlayStation 2 emulator. I ever want you hit him with the the funk. Let's get the funk. We get the funk. not the right music, Ivor. Although this is the right music. Because Hitman, ladies and gentlemen, has come to Linux. Finally. First time ever. But this is Hitman. This is Hitman Absolution, Ivor. Oh. Yeah, I know. I know. I like it, too. I like it, too. It was, like, the best intro ever for any game ever. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Hitman has come to Linux as intimated finally, oh my god, after so long. Um, as intimated last week uh, in our Hitman mini feature, this week, uh, this isn't a full review, but this is probably as close as we're going to get to ever running a full review. Um, Hitman has come to Linux. It is just called Hitman, it's uh, a reissue of uh, the, well, it's not a reissue, it's a port of the, uh, when they came out March 11, 2016, it's just called Hitman, kind of the same way that Tomb Raider was just called Tomb Raider. Um, 
Oh my goodness. Uh, if you're familiar with the Hitman series of games, then I don't need to tell you anything, but uh, if you're not, Hitman puts you in the role of Agent 47, uh, the world's most elite uh, contract killer, silent assassin. Um, it generally provides you with uh, geography that is um, that informs your approach to taking out that, that, that informs a free form approach to taking out uh, your targets target targets um, sometimes in whatever way you wish sometimes with certain specifications generally in the history of the games uh, if you go back to like I do Hitman 2 Silent Assassin Hitman 2 or Hitman Contracts and Hitman Blood Money um, these were free form they gave you uh, free reign, uh, and you uh, you could complete them any way you wanted to, including by the use of brutal fucking violence, all the way to getting silent assassin rank, which meant no one saw you, no one heard you, you were not detected by anyone, you did not touch anyone other than your target, your target never saw you, you escaped without being noticed, you escaped without your target's body, uh, well, not, well, that's not necessarily true, target's body being found, but anyway, you made no sound, uh, throughout the hit, and, uh, yeah, it was fucking hard, um, one of my favorite games of all time. In fact, it is the closest in terms of my book, Blue Wizard is About to Die. Hitman 2 Silent Assassin was the closest competition that, uh, for the appendices, I had to pick my pick for the greatest game of all time, and it's it's remained the same, uh, which is Fallout 2, of course. Um, Fallout 2. But Hitman Silent Assassin, Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, was the closest competition uh, for greatest game of all time because ultimately I spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in pre-internet land. This is like 2002 I want to say something like that uh, after I became addicted to it. You can read about my my history with Hitman in uh, the column from last week. I know this is like the column episode. Everything is in the column this week. We have like five columns this week suddenly. It's weird. Um, but the hallmark of all three of the best games in the series, in my opinion, which I just enumerated, Hitman Tucson Assassin, Hitman Contracts, and Hitman Blood Money, not so much Hitman Absolution, which is the one that has the Ave Maria uh, intro, which is... <laughs> oh, it, it's... The Hitman Absolution... Uh, what was the one that you pulled I for? On YouTube, uh, he says Hitman Absolution Ave Maria by Whippy Games, which is like a cinematic music video <laughs> from Absolution. It's pretty impressive. Um, but anyway, let's get to what we have now on Linux. Oh my god, I waited so long. So, the original Hitman games were characterized in general with brutal difficulty. I mean, like, we're not talking just brutal, but we're talking like ball-crushingly fucking, oh, you just spent a hundred hours trying to learn every nuance of this mission and now you really are gonna make a go 
of getting Silent Assassin on it, I mean, you're really going for it now. You really know your shit. And you're about 45 minutes into this this mission, Silent Assassin, super hard, super hard, beyond any level of difficulty that you've ever experienced in your life. And you've gotten here by trial and error, tireless patience of trial and error. You've learned your target's routines. You have learned the geography. You have reconnoitered every nook and cranny. You know which way the guards move, how, when they do it, why they do it. You know um, every, every possible resource. You have memorized the fucking underground sewer tunnels. None of this is explained to you at all. You have learned this fucking mission in a way that is so intimate that it's it's unlike anything you've ever learned before. Not even Goldeneye on the N64 have you learned any missions the way you've... And so you're 45 minutes into this run and each run has to be done perfectly if you're going to get Silent Assassin. And perfectly is... Even once you know what you're doing, perfectly isn't just like a matter of following a game fact or anything. And back in the day when I when I was into Hitman 2 Silent Assassin and when I was into Hitman Contracts, there were no uh, online things. I was still filing my articles for the paper via dial-up modem. Um, anyway, so you're 45 minutes into this run. It is not just a matter of following someone else's even if you could have someone else's someone else's um you know uh walkthrough in front of you no it's so much more than that you have to know exactly what you're doing and you have to execute exactly what you're doing exactly perfectly maybe 10 15 times uh in sequence in perfect sequence um and it has to be your perfect plan because you've played this mission at that point over a hundred times, easily over a hundred times, and you have failed it. You've you've accomplished it. You've you've done every you found every different way to fail, or to, if not fail, then you've found every different way that's possible to uh, not get Silent Assassin. And now you, after so many hours, like it takes fifty hours once you know everything about the map really, and and the target, and the resources, and the checkpoints, and who is going to be where, and what's going to be happening, and how do I need to take both of these guys down, or where, you know, blah, blah, blah. Takes 50 hours after that to finally get your masterpiece together. And you're 45 minutes into that run, an irreplaceable run. And someone is just half a second off or a pixel off and you get spotted doesn't mean that you know the mission's over doesn't mean that you failed the mission but for you you have failed the mission start again so what we're talking about is like so th- this is this is the problem and the greatest aspect of the original Hitman games. It required so much failure. 
and it, it did not help you. It didn't tell you. It didn't explain. There were no mission briefings. There was no intelligence for the targets that you had to take down. There was no, um, this guy has a weakness for chocolate candy, Agent 47. The chocolate candy can be found on the third floor staircase of the second building to the right. Your target will be, you know, etc. There's nothing like that in the original games. So you had to figure this shit out yourself. And it was obtuse and infuriating and absolutely the most one of the most rewarding game experiences of my life. I completed all of Hitman 2 Silent Assassin on Silent with Silent Assassin uh, rankings for all of the levels. It took me almost two years. So yeah, there's that. Now, the other thing about Him and Two Silent Assassin is because of this, it gave you almost, it gave you the, one of the closest illusions and most believable illusions of total free will to ever be depicted in video gaming. If you've been listening to this podcast at all, if you've read any of my stuff, you know that this is what I am focused on and have always been focused on in terms of video games. I think that the best video games maintain the illusion of free will. And the closer you get to maintaining that illusion through various different devices, not using certain different other devices that are crutches for programmers, the closer you get to having a dialogue that's almost like you are talking to a programmer who is talking to you like he's your best friend. It's almost like a dialogue. But that's not even... That's, that's you know, a design conceit. In terms of the Hitman games... This open-endedness meant was counterbalanced. The fact that you had to experiment for so long and fail so hard in so many different ways was counterbalanced, especially in Hitman 2 Silent Assassin. I never played Hitman, the first Hitman game, but I played Hitman 2 Silent Assassin and the next two games, and then I played Hitman Absolution a little bit. I didn't beat it. I didn't like it, actually. That was the one that came out for the Xbox One. One with Ave Maria. Mm. But here's the other great thing about Hitman especially Hitman 2 Silent Assassin. The game did not give a flying fuck beyond the the not even artificial mission requirements, not even like uh, you know objective mission requirements. The game generally didn't give a fuck so long as you killed whoever your target was. Ultimately the goal which it didn't even tell you was like your goal is to always get Silent Assassin. It didn't give a fuck you could kill everyone in a map if you were good enough. If you wanted to. You could kill them any way you wanted to as well. My favorite thing about Hitman 2 Silent Assassin specifically was Hitman was a master with any weapon. Meaning that, okay, so you're sneaking your way through like your 58th, 85th, 185th reconnoiter of a map and you're bringing along your dual silver baller fucking 9mm pistols. I think they're 9mm. It might be 45s. It doesn't matter. Maybe they're silenced. If you've, if you've gotten uh, better rankings on earlier maps, then you have silent pistols. Um, maybe they're not. It doesn't matter. But you're s- trying to sneak your way through. And you're sneaking your way through in your suit. Your typical hitman suit. Black suit, red tie, shaved head. 
fucking fucking barcode back of the neck. When you see that barcode on the back of the neck, don't even fucking scream. Don't run. Turn around. Go the other way. Go the other way. Fast. Walk quickly. Go the other way. At that point, my detection meter is probably spiked red, and I know that you've seen me and that you're going the other way to alert someone about me. And so out come the silver ballers, and everyone will die now. And we are talking shooting through walls, shooting through doors. We're talking, I can't remember how many rounds per each of the Akimbo silver ballers, but I want to say it was like maybe 18, maybe 10, maybe 12 and we are talking, all of you will die. We are talking explosive, outrageous violence, which has been bottled up and contained within this structure of, I'm just trying not to be seen. I'm trying not to be noticed. I'm trying to do my job here. And out come the silverballers again. And I know where they're going to be coming from now. And you're, sh- I mean, it is hellacious. So, the hitman that we now have for Linux is a compromise between all of these... The Oh, the other counterbalance to Hitman, especially Hitman 2 Silent Assassin and Hitman 2 Contracts, or Hitman Contracts, and I'm pretty sure Hitman Blood, Blood Money had the same mechanic as well. You had the fiber wire, which was a garrot, um made out of fiber wire, so it's not detectable by metal metal detectors. It was detectable if you got searched by anyone, but if you got searched by anyone in any of the first two games, then it was pretty much game over anyway. Um, so the idea was that you would, if you wanted Silent Assassin, you would find other ways to assassinate your target, either with your bare hands or not be detected at all, not go through any detection systems, not be seen, not be searched, not be etc., the garrote was awesome because you had to prep the garrote. So you're sneaking up behind someone and you would unholster your weapon, which in this case would be the fiber wire, and you would pull it taut between your hands and you had to keep it pulled taut as you crept up behind, you know, you're literally walking on your knees, um, crab, crab crawling on your knees up to whoever it is that you're going to kill. This requires a lot of planning and in the original two game, original three games, um, people had like a uh, what do you call it? Like um, a vibe detector, like a pheromone sensing kind of thing. So mastering the garrot was incredibly difficult because you had to creep up behind them with this thing stretched. You had to be prepped, and they could sense you if you weren't exact. You had to. It took. It took dozens and dozens of hours to really master the garrote because you had to creep up immediately behind them and you're in a third-person game and you had to prep it just right and you had to know exactly when you could release because if you released too early, you would miss them. You know, you'd, 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 you'd reach out for their neck, up and out for their neck, but you would miss them because you'd be too be too far behind them or even if you got them just right they might have flinched just before you you struck them with the garrot, right, right before the garrot went around their neck, and they would know, and there would be a gasping sound. I'm pretty sure this is how H2SA worked. Um, 
that might alert other people, which was very bad. It also meant that you were not a silent assassin because your target itself was aware of you in the last moment before it died. So, that's the counterbalance to the supremely violent weapons. The geography imposed its own limits, meaning that ultimately the best the best silent assassins, except for in H2SA, the first mission where really the garot was, if I remember correctly, the only right way to get silent assassin. You could shoot the guy with a sniper rifle. You could take whatever you wanted into the field. Didn't matter if there's a sound, then that's not silent assassin. So you counterbalance the limits of the geography. You can't walk around with a fucking in your suit with an assault rifle. Anyone sees you, they're gonna... He's got an assault rifle, what the fuck? Um, oh, heavily locked down area? Oh, metal detectors, you know, blah, 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 Well, we can shoot our way through. We can walk right through this fucking building. That's how I beat the whole, almost the entirety of the first game. I don't think I snuck at all. The first, and it gave you Mass Murderer as your ranking for every level. Um, because you killed 27 people every level. Um... And then I went back to it about a year later and I started just because it was a dead spot in the release cycle. I was like, I wonder this can't be what the game's really about. So, what do we get with Hitman on Linux? We get the best of all worlds essentially. Um, I've only played it for 10 hours but we get but I've played it enough to basically know I think I'm, so I'm reticent to say this is a review I'm going to call this a feature what do I mean by the best of both worlds well the garot is now just a one button thing so that's okay whatever it doesn't require the same amount of planning the same amount of skill and when I say planning I mean like we're talking about like micro planning here we're talking about like you and me in a room you don't know that I've snuck up behind you Bam. It's it's magical in the original games. It's absolutely horrifying too because I mean you are a not a hero. <laughs> you are a killer. And you are spectacular with any weapon. Oh, pick up any weapon. A uh, knife? Okay, well bam. You're dead. I just stabbed you in the chest. This leaves, leaves bodies. Bodies lead to questions. Questions lead to you being discovered. Uh, killing innocents is, you know... Whatever needs to, whatever you need to do to get the job done, but 47, we expected better of you. So there is now that same lack of expectation. Like where, okay, fine, we'll give you... There's not a ranking system in the new Hitman, but there are challenges, and the challenges also for each level include Silent Assassin, which means, okay, you do only, only your suit, no weapons, nothing, don't be seen, don't be detected, etc., so that's cool, and the challenges give you unlocks for your weapons, for equipment, and stuff like that, um, which is neat. So there, so the garrote is kind of nerfed. The garrote is now just like one button press. You kind of just you know lazily sneak up behind anyone, and you have your you unholster your garrote. Now you just press X, and they're dead. Also, it nerfed is the other end of the spectrum. The profound catastrophic violence end of the spectrum. Now this could be just because I'm only 10 hours in and I'm basically only on the second mission 
Um, I don't have uh, dual silver ballers for anything yet. I know they have to be in the game. If they're not in the game, then, then I'm just gonna gonna cry. Um, but you can pick up a variety of weapons from other people. You can't akimbo two different types of pistols, which makes sense for Hitman. That's one of the original constraints, if I remember correctly, from the original from the H2SA. But the the catastrophic violence, the explosive, devastating violence. Um, the sense that, like, if you shoot one bullet at someone and it hits them, it's going to kill them. That's kind of gone from the game, too. So, the thrill of being discovered isn't basically rewarded with the same type of explosive violence. Now, that is also counterbalanced by the what you are rewarded with. When you are discovered, it is not necessarily a run-ending proposition anymore. Now, you can melee attack anyone, which involves pressing X. You know, they come up to you, someone's like, oh, you're suspicious. They come up to you, you press X, you hit them, and then uh, you press Y to continue the attack, which you know counters whatever it is that they're going to try to do to you. If, they, if they're armed, they generally try to fight back. Then you can press X a bunch of times as they go down, which will subdue them, and then press X or Y to break their neck or knock them out or whatever when they're on the ground, when they're subdued. Depends on whether they're armed or not, what you need to do. Then you can take their clothes, um, drag their body to some place, etc., 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 this is kind of interesting. Melee combat is heard by anyone in the vicinity, regardless, which kind of seems shitty because it's not a perfect system, but nothing about Hitman was ever perfect. Um, it was just always close to perfect and gave you a system that you could use your own way to do things your own way and solve problems your own way um, personally, my way was solving problems was ultimately if if things were not going my own way, uh, I loved catastrophic violence. Um, but you develop a skill set as you become familiar with all the techniques and and things that are available to you and the consequences of them throughout the initial two training missions and then uh, throughout the first real mission, which really, I mean, I spent eight hours on it. Uh, more or less, the first real mission, which is called Showstopper. Um, so it does give you that same sense of pure free will. It is kind of nerfed in a lot of ways, but it also counterbalances for those, the ways in which it's nerfed by not being so frustrating. Now, three other things that are very new to, to this Hitman, to this iteration of Hitman, is the inclusion of, instead of having to experiment and learn for yourself just through raw, pointless, horrendous, literally 80 to 100 hours of experimentation to figure out what the fuck behavioral patterns, what the fuck the opportunities are, you know, where does my target go you know, when this happens, or what is his daily routine like when I start the mission, etc, etc, etc. Instead of that, The other cool thing about the... In the original Hitmans, when you looked at the map, it didn't pause the game. It pauses the game in this one, which is kind of cool, but the not pausing of the game in the original meant that you could rely on behavioral patterns maintaining being the same. 
but that did require hundreds of hours of experimentation per assassination. This one gives you a simplified opportunities um, thing where you can discover opportunities by eavesdropping in on conversations which will reveal either geographical locations or whatever that you can track to follow that opportunity. So for instance, like you might be um, sneaking around a garden party and hear two servers talking about how um, you know, one of your targets, you know, the boss, likes this certain kind of drink and how they don't know how to make the kind of drink and that the, they have the recipe in the book that's in the basement, you know, by the wine casks or whatever. And then you can, once you lit, eavesdrop throughout the entire conversation, it'll say, opportunity now available. Then you can go to the select menu, select opportunities, and then you can highlight all the opportunities that you know of for that mission, which include every time that you've played the mission, um, you can find the opportunity it has a specific name or whatever and then you can track it and it sets up a series of waypoints and necessary criteria for you to get and exploit that opportunity so I'm sorry this is a spoiler alert but this is really cool it's also way simplified but it also means that you still get to do your missions the, your own way it doesn't tell you exactly how to get from point A to point B it doesn't tell you exactly what you need to do after you exploit an opportunity, and it eliminates the frustrating very frequently hundreds of hours, maybe a hundred hours, necessary to discover this idea that's, you know, hidden within um, a game that has no real briefings. So, for instance, you know, okay, so, fine, so let's say you you know, we're gonna do the drink opportunity, okay? So you're going to have to get a server uniform, you're going to have to go down to the basement, get the recipe. All these appear as waypoints that you can use using your uh, sixth sense, your hitman sense, which is really cool too. That's a real-time thing that highlights, um, you can see through walls, highlights where your target is no matter where they are, if they're anywhere in your field of vision throughout all walls and stuff, shows you where they are also shows you where the waypoints are for whatever um, opportunity that you're looking at, and shows you any guards that you can see in real life around you that are going, not just guards though, anyone who's going to become suspicious about you based on the way you're dressed, which is another cool simplification, because in the original Hitman, Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, anyone would become suspicious of you uh, for any reason generally, depending on which area you were in. Now, it's kind of broken down into class systems. So, like, if you're dressed like a a garden party guard who's an external security force guard, only those guys are going to become suspicious of you when you're outside, because they know their class. They know the other guards. The same thing is true for, like, interior people. Like, only other waiters are going to be suspicious of you if you're dressed like a downstairs downstairs, you know, like a uh, um, busboy or whatever, then they're going to become suspicious of you, but no one else will, because provided that you look like you belong where you're supposed to be, that's really cool, and so the people who are going to become suspicious of you have a white dot above their heads, so you want to avoid them, avoid coming into contact with them, uh, etc., or get around them, or become someone other than them who has the rights to go to where they are. 
Um, of course, there's always the opportunity of using pure stealth and just not being seen by anybody, which is very difficult. It, it the difficulty level in this Hitman, in spite of all of these uh, simplifications, is tremendous, satisfying, profound, but more forgiving in the sense that every mission also has challenges that you can complete. So, like, and those unlock weapons. Um, and then there's this whole opportunity tree. So there's all these things that you can do each mission that can prevent your run from just being a total fucking waste of time. And you can save inside of the missions, which is really cool. Mm. So all of this stuff kind of balances out. You know, the lack of the delicious violence, the the nerfed um, fiber wire, the fact that now you can actually melee attack people. You can still pull out a gun and shoot people. Um... There, there, there are other mechanics that are um, like that. It's, it's somewhat simpler. Now there's almost always places to dump bodies, um, like crates and stuff like that. Or um, more creative ways, like throwing them off the ship or throwing them off the cliff or um, whatever. But generally it's crates. It's just crate. Um, which is cool because it also further simplifies the game while still retaining that super exciting Hitman aspect of it where there'll be times like I had, I've only had one tremendous Hitman moment um, in my experience with the game so far Mm. but it was trying to save a doomed save where I had just immobilized someone and I didn't know it but that save occurred right before three other things are going to happen, so you have to play out that scenario from that little moment in 15 different ways, trying to find the one that's going to work right for you. Then eventually you can go back and do the mission again and find a better way to do it. Um, But you can still complete the mission, which gives you mastery points for the level, which also opens up different um, approaches to like where you spawn, what your initial... uh, equipment is like, what your costume is like, what your dress is like, so you can uh, start incognito as um, a a fashion model or whatever at this other location which will get you further on, increases replayability, eliminates frustration um, does kind of, in a way, nerf the accomplishment, if you're a hardcore Hitman 2 Silent Assassin fan, it does make it feel a little simpler, a little easier but the game is still hard enough and feels free enough that you're not locked into someone else's idea of how to play the game. Beyond that, there are customizable contracts. You can create your own contracts. You can play other people's contracts. There are multiple game modes for each mission, and I don't have time to go into them uh, beyond the challenges for each mission. There are all sorts of other shit. Um... So yeah, uh, tons of replayability, slightly simplified, still the same old Hitman, but finally on Linux, looks fantastic, plays great in spite of the scary Feral Interactive um, initial, this game might not play well on your system, blah, 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 blah. If you're, I'm running Mint 18, runs great, and the GGX 970 and uh, another GTX card in my machine with three monitors, Three monitors right now, actually. Um, and then, uh, 
there are other modes like escalation, which provide a more because there's so many different modes and so many different contracts and stuff like that. The create your own contract thing is really fun because it gives you it provides you with the opportunity to demonstrate your skills in a way without demonstrating your skills. So you can mark any targets that you want up to five targets. It doesn't have to be the targets in the mission. You start the mission like normal. Whatever you're wearing and however you kill the targets is what. Once you save the contract, after you complete it successfully, you can save the contract, upload it, because the game is constantly online. You can create like a whole contract, new contract bio and description for it and everything, and then upload it and force other people to figure out what a fucking Machiavellian genius you are. How did he kill all five of these people with these five different ways in this one outfit, you know, from all these different places, whatever, that's pretty cool, which is something that was always lacking, because no one ever got to see how great I was at Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, or even Hitman Contracts. Um, so yeah, this is like the best of all possible worlds. It's as close to multiplayer as you can get. The other final cool thing about the new Hitman that's available for Linux, thank you, Feral. I love you, Feral. Feral Interactive, great port. Um, the other really cool innovative thing is that now they have these things called elusive targets which are targets that are available only for a certain number of real time days you get one chance to kill them um, one chance if you you can't save if you are if you are if you die you fail there are also uh, occasionally other failure um, failure uh, conditions um and you will never be able to kill them again. Which is really cool. Because it uses the... And so ultimately what I'm trying to say here is that the this new Hitman with all this online stuff and all these different ways to play, all of which kind of mesh together in a very much... Kind of the same way I built uh, my old Minecraft server, I as the craft. There are many different things to do, many different ways to play different aspects within the same universe. They were all interrelated they all interlocked and unlocked other things, but they were all different types of gameplay for the same types of stuff, which is really cool. Endless, near endless replayability. I had my mind blown today. I spent three hours just looking through all the different types of uh, game modes that you can do for each mission and each location you know some of these are like uh, um, contracts that other people have uploaded some of them are contracts that have been created by you know the default you know blah blah There, it also looks like they have um, an episode type framework for Hitman I'm pretty sure that all of the episodes have been released by the time they did the Linux port um, but you can pretty much play the missions in the story in whatever order more or less, I, I haven't actually tried to play a mission that it says, we recommend that you play this other mission first. I don't know if it'll let you or if it won't, but um, it's really cool. And it starts off with, kind of does bastardize the entire Hitman uh, series by starting off with um, an ICA training facility, but I never played the first game. So I don't know if that was part of the first game and this is just them rebooting the first game in the spirit of the first game or what I do remember discovering who I was and my origins in Hitman Contracts which had some of the best cinema ever but there are cinema sequences and there are lots of surprises for old Hitman, old school Hitman fans who go back like I do to 2002 
um, and a lot of new stuff for new players, entirely new to the entire Hitman series, that they will really, really enjoy. It is a deeply immersive experience. It require it still requires a lot of patience, a lot of trial and error, and a lot of focus, a lot of planning. Um, but it is the best. It's someone in one of the pull tags, pull quotes for the uh, Hitman trailer for this Hitman trailer, not the Ave Maria trailer. It said the best, you know, uh, assassination game ever made. It's not just the best assassination game ever made. That's absolutely without dispute. Um, I'm not necessarily talking about this particular iteration of Hitman, but this iteration of Hitman lives up to that legacy of the best hit, best uh, contract assassination game ever made. And uh, also lives up to the legacy of being one of easily my top five all-time greatest games ever made. That'd be Hitman 2 Silent Assassin or maybe Hitman Contracts. Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, yes. Hitman Contracts, surprisingly awesome with the cinema and incredible difficulty. So, Hitman is available. Thank you, Feral Interactive. Uh, by the way, the uh, description, according to them, is Welcome to the world of assassination. You're Agent 47, the world's ultimate assassin. So yeah, uh, Hitman, the complete first season, which includes prologue plus episodes one through six, plus bonus episode, is $59.99. Um, and there you go. Or you can get the intro pack, which is just the prologue plus episode one for $14.99. That's a good way of uh, figuring out if you're going to like it or not. I think you're going to like it. Uh, entirely different type of game. Fantastic. Fantastic game. So there we go. That's our Hitman feature. Uh, check it out, 47. Check it out. Oh. Linux Games Podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.